Hey guys, it's Derek. We're back on the podcast. This is episode number 20, and we are with a good friend of mine, Carl Paoli. Carl and I sit down and we talk about the pursuit of passion and what it means to actually chase after the things that we desire, chase after the things that make us feel good and that we're passionate about and really lead us to greater senses of fulfillment across our entire life. And uh, at times the conversation gets a little philosophical and a little deeper than our usual content on here, which is awesome and a good change of pace. But I really hope you guys take something out of this. At the end of the episode, Carl and I talk about three or four things that are very practical that you can take home with you and implement into your life starting immediately. And I really hope that you guys take hold of those things and put them to good use. So without further ado, let's get into the podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. This is Ballistic Performance Radio, and we're here today with a very special guest, and his name is Carl Paoli. Um, Carl is, first and foremost, a husband, a father, a coach, New York Times bestselling author, and uh, an entrepreneur. And Carl, I don't want to do you any disservice, so I'll let you go ahead and tell the folks a little bit more about who you are, what you do, and why you do it. Yeah, I think I think you got it uh, right with that that introduction. It's uh, it's that simple. I think uh, the reason you and I know each other is because after I retired from gymnastics and I uh, started teaching and coaching and got into uh, the fitness scene, I found CrossFit and uh, in CrossFit I started uh, teaching workshops and seminars around helping people how to move better. And uh, that started taking off. And uh, alongside those, those workshops and those seminars, I, I wrote a book. And uh, the intention of writing the book was to have a manual for these seminars. And uh, ultimately, what I was trying to focus on was uh, helping people develop highly transferable skills, which, which simply means developing skills that uh, were not just intended to be applied to a technique or one outcome, but to every aspect of life. And uh, I think that's why I'm talking to you today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would, I would say so. I think, uh, and I wanted you to give a, an intro there because I, like you had said, I know you through or first discovered you through more of the movement side of things and the, in that whole CrossFit world. But I think a lot of folks who listen to this podcast might, may not have been around back when, I don't, I don't know if you want to call it the, uh, the peak of your, of your CrossFit or your time in CrossFit coaching that style movement. But a lot of our listeners probably weren't around when that was the case, when you would get on YouTube and look up your progressions, even though I still do. But uh, I wanted you to have mm -hmm. some input there because I think at this point you're probably identifying yourself in a slightly different way than, you know, if we rewound the clock and asked you to explain what you do back in 2010, 11, 12. Yeah, so right now my focus is I work with people on developing very clear 
their ways of expression, uh, expressing their purpose and uh, doing that through uh, either a purpose statement or a mission statement, and then taking the, the values and principles that exist within those purpose statements or mission statements and making sure that they uh, permeate uh, everything they do, uh, whether it's uh, run an organization, a company, or uh, manage a community, or uh, are working on a specific project, such as maybe a podcast like yourself, or uh, own a gym. And the beauty of it is that this is something that is not uh, just for those who uh, run a business. This is also for those who are just trying to live life in a more purposeful, uh, engaged and aligned way. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And I think that's what, at least through my own personal journey and through a lot of our clients, what they've told us, I think that's really where people are going and, and this type of, I think even the industry is going towards is understanding that people need more than just the movement side of things. They need, you know, a really comprehensive approach to help them feel that they're living their best life. And, uh, you know, we'll get into that later as to how you're implementing that now with the lifestyle design and all of those things. But while we're on that same path of, living a purposeful life and living a better life and being your best self, you know, what are some of the core beliefs and values that you, that your parents instilled in you or that maybe your gymnastics career or even your, your coaching experiences, you know, what are some of those beliefs and core values and how are they impacting what you're doing today? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I think, uh, you know, when it comes to my, my mom's uh, values, it's always been about compassion, being inclusive, uh, caring, and simply trying your best, as cliche as that sounds, without the need of measuring your performance on the outcome. It's basically living in a constant state of adaptation and progression. That's on my mom's mom's side. On my dad's side, it's been more like um, uh, the side of uh, work ethic. So, you know, work hard, give it a full effort. My, my dad always used to say, um, and he still says it, use two hands. So uh, work with what you got. If you have two hands, use both of them. If you're picking something up, use both hands. Uh, yeah, get get your whole self involved. And the the other thing he he uh, instilled in me at an early early stage was initiative. It's if you see there there's an opportunity or something has to get done, just do it. Uh, if you can do it, do it. And uh, those are those are uh, values that live with me now, of course. And I and I continue to integrate into uh, my life and have kind of translated for me into uh, one motion, meaning I want to see progression. I want to see movement. I want to see fluidity. Uh, I want to see uh, that constant state of, of growth. Uh, two, connection, meaning I want to be able to do it with someone else. Uh, in fact, if you think about motion motion only exists if there are two people if there is the mover and the observer and if we go down the rabbit hole here <laughs> of just uh, self-expression or self-exploration uh, there is you and there is the witness of you 
there's I and there's myself. And it's important to be able to realize that. So in my values, it's extremely important that we continue to move and that we realize that we have to do that through connection. And uh, ultimately that what we're seeking for is uh, a higher expression of self, something that uh, is bigger than ourselves, something that allows for us to see ourselves reflected in everyone around us and to model a behavior that we believe uh, is, is going to continue to move back to my first value, uh, people in a way that is meaningful for them, that gets them more connected to who they really are, not just individually, but uh, in relationship to, if you want to call it the greater good or uh, to your community. Yeah, that's awesome. That, that's deep. I like it. Uh, you know, with that, is is it safe to say it's just a continuous cycle, you know, of those those tenants that you just named? And as you were describing it, it actually looped back onto itself. And that's sort of that fluidity that you were talking about. And it's this never-ending cycle of self-improvement and self-awareness and taking action. Yeah, for sure. It, it, everything folds uh, in on itself. And, and that's kind of the, the infinite state of progression that we all live in, whether we are aware of it or not. Some people uh, spend their, their life climbing uh, a ladder, uh, maybe it's a corporate ladder, or, you know, they take the what one could call the, the safe route. Um, but it's a ladder that's already built maybe for them. But in the process of climbing that ladder, uh, if you pay attention, you start to uh, reveal your your character, you start to reveal who you truly are. And, and this applies not only to uh, someone's career path, but it also applies to how we uh, practice in the gym or how we move our bodies, how we communicate with people, how we develop our craft. Uh, yeah. And it, it just goes on and on and on. Every, everything we do is simply a bridge or a way of revealing who we really are. Yeah. absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And, and the question is always who, who are you, or at least who do you think you are? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's a question that a lot of people struggle to answer or, maybe answer too quickly and don't really dive in deep enough to, to find the truth behind it. And now, you know, everything you're saying we've talked about before and, and you've spoken about through your, your brand. And, you know, with that, would, did you have all of these concepts and these, I don't know if you can say methods, but did all of this occur when you first started coaching, did you learn these things as you've gone through these different experiences, you know, basically just taking it back a little bit to, you know, when you first started coaching movement, was, was this the same approach? Did you have the same approach as the way you're approaching this lifestyle sort of design now? Mm, it's a great question. And I kind of feel like tackling this from from two sides one i kind of want to reflect this back on you uh, you are currently an adult but you most likely if you if you think about uh the essence of yourself from when you were a child that hasn't changed right is that correct yeah i would say so okay great that means that uh on the other hand everything that we are saying today and doing today has all has always been there it's 
we've simply learned how to express it and materialize it a little bit different. This is kind of like the Bob Proctor thing. If you can hold it in your head, you can hold it in your hands. We've always had the essence, the values, the principles, the understanding, the concepts, they've always been in there. But life itself, as time has passed by, through our craft, through our experiences, has allowed us to uh, communicate, express what is inside of us with the outside. So in order to answer your question here, when I started coaching, that was the beginning of me practicing, starting to bring out all these concepts in a way that made sense. And they only made sense because they were contextual, meaning they fit in a certain environment with a certain group of people that were seeking a certain outcome. Yeah, that, I think that's a fantastic way to to dissect that and to answer that question. And um, I agree once again, I think that through experience and through actual application is how we is how we really learn um, how we disseminate information. We find our voice as coaches or are better able to express our characteristics and attributes in ways that um, can benefit other people. And, you know, I've seen that in my own experiences as well. The coach I was nine years ago when I started or eight years ago when I started is absolutely not the same coach that I am today. But as you said, these beliefs and these values were probably there. They just needed some refining and some polishing. Exactly. So why don't we use this as an example? So when you came to my seminar, I believe it was in Cleveland, Ohio. I th yeah, I know it was in Ohio for sure. Cause it was at a uh, black flag athletics. I think that's right. it Cleveland. was outside of Cleveland. That's yes. right. Yeah. So when you came to that uh, seminar, what was your experience like as a student watching me teach that's a good question um obviously i thought the seminar was fantastic uh and i liked being able to see the the context of the book applied in a physical setting so i thought that was cool to see that connection and then also you know i came from an era where i had really only seen you on youtube and basically just stole all of your progressions and your methods to help better educate and instruct my folks. And so then to be able to, to meet you in person and to see the Carl that's behind the scenes, so to speak, or behind the video was, it was like a really um, interesting and rewarding experience. Mm. And and can you can you elaborate on why that was rewarding for you? Yeah, I think I think it was rewarding because I looked at you as the the expert in that niche of that field. So for me, ever since I started coaching, I would refer to you when it came to body weight movements in the CrossFit world. And so being able to take or to be able to interact with you within that environment to me was almost a, not a pinnacle, but a, a monumental moment in my coaching career because I got to meet you and better understand how it was 
you got to that position and, and your thought process behind everything that you were producing on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And is there, is there any chance that in that experience that you had there, you were able to see yourself in a clearer light? Yeah, I think so. I think it was in that regard. I think it was being able to see the, um, the relatability between you yourself and me, right? Like we're both just coaches. We're both just people trying to help other people. And I think that was sort of an eye-opening moment of like, hey, this guy, you know, I looked at him as the expert in that that particular area of fitness. And now that I'm getting to meet with him, speak with him and write for him, we're really just two guys who are both on similar journeys trying to figure it out. That's it. And th that's the end of the story. <laughs> and that's what people, that's what people need to understand is that all we are seeking is um, the truest expression of ourselves. And we need another person to be able to reflect that back to us. No, I I completely agree there. I loved, I loved that entire process we just had of kind of like digging through there and asking the questions and coming to the destination. And I remember you and I had a phone call not too long ago when I was still in Florida and the same thing happened. It was basically just question after question after question to get to the answer, even if we didn't know the answer when we first began the conversation. And I think that's really important is everybody can benefit, like you just said, from having someone else to help them determine the best version of themselves. Everybody needs a coach in some capacity, at least in mm -hmm. my opinion. And even if it's just a talk through that, that topic or just to ask the questions that you're not going to ask yourself in an internal dialogue. Exactly. And I think that's why having a definition of what a coach is, is important. And for me, the definition of coaching is helping people or assisting people in learning how they can get their needs met. And if we dissect that a little bit, all I'm saying is that by modeling a certain behavior for myself as a coach, uh, teaching certain concepts, certain principles, certain techniques, I am giving people to the best of my abilities, the tools that they need so they can learn, meaning gain knowledge and understanding, knowledge being just accumulated information and understanding, putting that knowledge into context, meaning applying it into something real, learning how they can get their needs met, needs meaning the things that allow people to not only be uh, alive and healthy, but to begin to thrive and grow and progress. And that's what a coach really is. It's a combination of a teacher, an instructor, a trainer, a teacher, the person who tries to uh, help people understand concepts, uh, a trainer, meaning the person who takes those concepts and helps them stress test those concepts, an instructor, the one that says, here are the steps, one, two, three, follow this pattern, and eventually you will understand how uh, what I taught you uh, makes sense. And you can start to integrate it into your own and express yourself in your own way. And I think that's ultimately uh, part of this uh, conversation that you and I are having is that we are all doing this 
It's just that most of us are not aware. And um, I think our ultimate goal is to bring that awareness to people because we know that if we do that, uh, we, we, we build more autonomous communities, more autonomous individuals uh, who are willing to exercise more responsibility, who are not scared of allowing their strengths to shine, uh, who, are not will- who are willing to tackle the things that they're not good at or to um, be able to collaborate with other people who can do what they can't do uh, well so uh, everyone can continue to grow. Yeah, that that was awesome. I uh, completely agree with you on everything you said there. I think that it's super important for people to understand that that entire process. And, you know, we try to instill that in all of our clients, Ashley and I, is that, you know, we want you to understand the why behind it. We want you to understand each of these steps and how they are related and how the entire process works together. Because if we're just one of those three roles that you described, if I'm only the instructor or something like that, then I'm not giving you the whole picture or you're not able to see the entire picture, which will hinder your ability to, you know, achieve your full potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's it. That's it. Yeah. Love that. Well, and, I think, and I, and I think we can, if, if I can just add to that a little of bit, course. I think it's, it, it goes both ways, as you know, is that what you're listening for as a coach is what is it that people really need and what the students have to be listening to is what is it that your your intention really is what is your true intention as a coach and in addition to that that that's where um the why behind an action uh, or uh, a project can get confusing because whys are subjective. Whys are individuals. Uh, for what is a more objective way of asking ourselves the reason behind something, and that is a more collective approach. It's a more scientific approach. It's a more practical approach. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have subjective thinking or uh, acknowledge that the perception of reality for each individual is different. What I'm saying is that it's important to overlap both of those. So you have the why and the for what. And once one can combine those two, I think we can gain a way more clear picture uh, and we can bridge the gap between individuals who come from different backgrounds and who have uh, different needs to get met through a universal prescription or uh, a program that could be CrossFit, strength and conditioning, yoga, or whatever you want to call it. No, I think that's a great point. I think uh, that's something that not many people are talking about either is you, you hear all these guys out there now uh, talking about loving the process and, and, you know, determining your why and, and all these things, but you really don't hear a lot of folks asking the for what question that's associated with it. And as you said, that is really what allows us to impact the most people and create the most positive change in lives is, is having that comprehensive approach. So I think that's an awesome point. Mm hmm. And I, I can I can go for days. We can we can get very philosophical about what it means to love the process. I mean, if you just think about relationships with people who you have uh, had meaningful relationships with for a long time, there have been times that you have uh, felt angry around them or disappointed, or you've struggled to communicate, but you're still in love. You know, mm-hmm. and so it's 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 important to acknowledge that. Uh, to love the process, you must be able to see the whole process, not just today's process, but where you came from and where you're going. 
and truly what the purpose behind that is, um, whether you ever arrive at the outcome that is desired or not. Yeah, absolutely. If you if you're only focusing on the micro, the individual day or that exact moment or that exact event, you'll lose sight of, like you said, the entire process and everything that's associated with it. And so it's really more about the journey and the 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 way we evolve throughout the journey that is the real um, benefit of all of this. That's that's it. That's it. Easy to say, hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I think this is a good segue uh, because we just went a little bit deeper there and a little more philosophical. Everything we just talked about was when all of that started to take shape and you started to really understand how to to disseminate those thoughts to your clients, to folks at your seminars, et cetera. Was that the turning point for you of, I think I can do more and I can provide better services to people outside of just coaching? Is that when the freestyle shift sort of happened? Or I don't want to get too into that uh, wormhole of everything that happened when you made that shift, but was all of that sort of the crux of it? Well, I'm not really sure what the turning point was, but there was an instance where I was teaching a seminar in 2010 in London, and I I felt like it was a pretty successful seminar. And at the end, I had everyone on the same page with me. So I shared uh, some personal information and a personal experience that I had had that basically explained why we do what we do and why we care so much about what we do. And uh, people, I felt at that moment, connected with that, although it came out of left field. And after the seminar, uh, coaches that I admire and that actually hosted me, they said uh, to me, don't don't ever say that again. People don't come for that. They come for the the, the technical learning and, and the material, not these stories. And it was in that moment when I was told that where I felt a little bit almost shut down, rejected, unseen, that I started reflecting and thinking about why I had shared that, why I thought it was important, and realized that I had to double down on it now because that was my uh, truth. And the more I continued to double down on what was true to me, the more people started coming out of the woodworks, uh, sharing their stories, their experiences, processing uh, their actions and how they were uh, representing that through their teachings or through their practice. So that was definitely a, a pivotal moment. Now, what ended up happening within the decade since 2010 till right now is that um, with a little bit of success and notoriety and uh, money and all of these things that come with that, uh, it it got a little muddled and uh, it, it became very unclear what it was that I was trying to help people do. Was it, are you teaching us how to move in uh, the physical sense or in the mental and emotional sense? And what I've had to do is with freestyle to say, freestyle at the highest level is about the human experience not just about a physical experience so in order to, to go there 
I need to show you both sides. And the side that you are less aware of because you can't see is the one that's internal. So let me take you there. And that's where I am today. Nice. That's awesome. And, you know, when when you made that differentiation and figured out, okay, this is this is the step that needs to come first to help people figure this out before we can start talking about movement and, and life experience is, you know, what, um, I'm trying to think how to phrase this. What, what, uh, motivated you or what provided you the, the courage to basically step out from that and say, okay, this is, I'm going to create this thing called freestyle. I'm going to present it in a, in this way. And if people don't like it, then, you know, that's okay. This is the way I'm going. Was that just pure self-awareness? And like you said, you understood that was your truth or, you know, what else was involved in that entire process of, like you said, clearing the water? Yeah, I, 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 I hear, I hear what you're trying to ask me and, uh, this is this is what I have to say about it. And I the reason you're probably struggling to ask me this question is because you're thinking about uh, life or oneself as something that happens in a linear fashion. It happens over time. Uh, there's a catalyst and then there's a, a, a chain reaction. But in reality, everything everything that has happened and is going to happen it is unfolding only in this very moment. So there is no before and after really (laughs) only, only in retrospect, can one uh, think about the, the, the path that you navigated. So in, in other words, what I'm trying to say here is that um, no courage was needed. No motivation was needed. It was simply saying, Oh, this is what is true to me. And when I am true to myself, I feel good. I'm not true to myself where I feel uh, like I'm meeting resistance. I don't feel good. So what can I do to continue to be my truest version right now, regardless of the resistance that I may may be meeting outside? I'll give you an example. Uh, If I uh, showed you analytics from my instagram or my youtube channel or facebook from january 1st of 2020 till uh today and you only study the analytics you would say carl is in a full decline right now uh he is losing followers losing subscribers uh has very little retention on his current pool or audience that being said, <laughs> the feeling that I'm getting is uh, reflecting something completely different. I feel like I am ascending as time goes on. So this is where it's important to start to redefine how we measure performance. And for me, and you know this because I've said it to you a million times, performance is measured by feel. And when it feels right in your head, rationally, in your heart, emotionally, in your gut, in your body, then you're trending in the right direction. And if the numbers are not there yet, don't worry because they're coming. It may take 10 years, 20 years, maybe a couple of lifetimes, but they're coming. So there's no courage needed when you feel good. You, you just are. 
Yeah, that and that's awesome. And I think that's where I wanted that to go was, you know, when you're when you're pursuing what feels right in all of those ways that you just explained, you can't be concerned with is everybody going to follow you on that journey? I mean, you're gonna you're going to reach the people that you want to reach if you're following your truth. It's like Gary Vee always says, right? It's not the width, it's the depth of your audience. You don't need you don't need an immense amount of people listening to what you're saying, but you need to be specific in your message that way you're reaching the people that you want to reach and those people are going to better connect with you cuz they're of similar mindset and probably have similar characteristics and attributes. Is that what okay. you're getting at? Yeah, pretty much. Cool. And I think that's really important and that's kind of what this whole podcast is about is when is pursuing those passions and understanding that it's not always going to be this linear journey like you had just mentioned there there may be ups and downs but when you zoom out and look at the entire picture it's probably still on a upward trajectory and even if it's not analytically on an upward trajectory like you had mentioned you probably are feeling better each and every day throughout the whole process mm-hmm Exactly. And the, the beauty of this is that the, the more you lean into this, the more you realize that there, there is something coming your way. Uh, and that's where you have to just be very patient because what's coming your way is, is just coming slowly. And it's only coming at you as fast as you can handle it. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think a lot of folks struggle with that and Maybe it's because they do feel that things are happening faster than they can handle or they're being more of they're being asked more than they can handle or whatever the situation may be. But ultimately, you know, we are in control of of how we respond, not react, but respond to everything that's happening around us. And we ultimately are dictating like where we're going in this whole journey. And I think yeah. a lot of folks can't necessarily process that or struggle to process that. And there could be any of number of reasons, but I think it's important that people start to get a better understanding of, Hey, like I am in control of the trajectory of my life, at least in some sense. Yeah. And kind of going back to the, the, the notion that we only get what we're ready to receive is it can be looked at from a biological, from a physiological perspective too. It's, and and I believe it's called, um, I don't want to get this wrong, sensory gating, which is uh, our ability to filter out an overload of irrelevant information. And this happens in our brain. So if it's happening in our brain, it also happens in our body. If it's happening in our body, it's happening in our relationships. If it's happening in our, in our relationships, it's happening in our community. If it's happening in our community, it's happening in our environment. So I think it's important to think about that as well, uh, to, to realize that we're only receiving what we're ready to receive. And I just think that's important to, to see that this is not just some woo-woo thing where we're... <laughs> <laughs> or like hey, you only get what you asked for kind of thing which it's it's true and you can even uh, yeah prove it prove it at a at a scientific level yeah i mean 
yeah, and I don't want it to come across that way either of, hey, we're just sitting here speaking, you know, philosophical fallacies and, and motivational rah-rah speech. We're, I think we're just presenting, you know, this approach or this this mindset of, you know, how to actually achieve your full potential, how to live a fulfilling life. And it, it looks different for everyone, but there are ways to ensure that you're on the right track, so to speak. Yeah. And I think not to correct what you just said, uh, but I, I think our full potential is something that we never arrive at. It's just a target that we're shooting for. And as long as we're trending towards it, then we are constantly uh, living in a, in, a, in a state of fulfillment. Whether we are uh, satisfied or not, we, we are fulfilled. And the reason this concept of being satisfied or not satisfied or satisfied and unsatisfied is important is because satisfaction can lead to complacency. You can get kind of lazy. Unsatisfaction can lead to more drive. And that's where we really need to make sure that uh, people are in an environment that is empowering and not defeating an environment that allows for people to uh, have clear thinking and action and not in a place where they start to develop a victim mentality where they point the, the fingers at other other people and uh, blame their environment for their problems. I think that's what we're really talking about when it when it comes to uh, achieving one's full expression or uh, full potential. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I don't think I wasn't taking that as a correction at all. I, I agree. I don't know if you can ever, it's like saying you want to achieve perfection. You're never going to achieve perfection. But like you said, if you're striving toward it or you're trending in the right direction, then yes, there will be those feelings of fulfillment. And like you had mentioned, fulfillment is like, that's the ultimate goal, feeling that sense of fulfillment because that's what's going to keep you moving. I think what you were talking about with satisfaction and dissatisfaction you know, when we're, like you had said, satisfaction can create complacency. But if we're always striving to be better, to grow, we have this growth mindset, then the fulfillment side of it will never stop as long as you're pursuing those greater things. Versus if you're looking at a particular destination, so to speak, if you miss it, then you feel, you start to have these feelings of failure, of defeat, of regret, whatever it may be. So I think what you had touched on about that sense of fulfillment, that's really important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we're truly, that's what we're truly striving for when we're talking about performance. Yeah. And like you had mentioned before, it can be performance in all of these different aspects of life. Now with mm -hmm. everything we just said, you had mentioned that now you're currently working on a lot of this with what you're calling lifestyle design, correct? Mm -hmm. Now with, yeah. with lifestyle design, are you still considering that part of freestyle? Is that more of an independent entity that you're working on separately or kind of where is that at now in, in the whole scheme of things? Yeah, it's, it's merging with freestyle. If, if you follow from the beginning and kind of, seen the the subtle hints behind everything that i've said uh, especially if you read my book at the end of the there's a chapter which is my favorite chapter called lifestyle and in this and in this chapter i feature stories from 10 different individuals and in those um stories 
I'm addressing specifically how they interpret performance. And you can see a little quote, you can see a little background story. And then I ask six questions. And in those six questions, I'm always hinting at what is the lifestyle that you're designing around your performance to allow you to find peak expression, uh, states of fluidity, uh, achieve the outcomes that you believe are positive for yourself and for others. It's always been there. It's just that when one presents information like this to, to the world, it can get very confusing when you go from teaching something very technical like a handstand push-up or a muscle-up to talking about uh, what you can do to get your basic needs met as a human being. So yeah, it's, it's merging with freestyle, but freestyle will always be the umbrella. Freestyle is the philosophy of accepting and respecting everyone, everything, all actions, and being able to see them for what they are, meaning an intent to get a need met, and then taking what one would believe to be in this moment, the most uh, useful, uh, safe, and long lasting, uh, versions of those teachings or standards and apply them into their lives and to teach those to others. The, the characteristics that I just described, safe, useful, and long-lasting, are the characteristics of functional. They serve a function. And a function of a movement or of a behavior uh, is always intended to uh, serve a purpose. And, and that is where movement uh, the, the language that I've taught to people and the framework that I've taught to people, position, movement, purpose is, is the framework, uh, was always intended to, to show us that. It's just uh, uh, you, you have to slowly peel back the layers and, and sprinkle it in uh, to slowly guide people to, to that place. No, I, I really like that. And I think even as someone who read the book, who has followed you for a long time, who has followed Freestyle, I think when you... I don't know if re-engineer is the correct word here, but when we start back at lifestyle, which is the end of the book, and then re-engineer from there, rebuild from there, I think it is easier to digest all of the concepts and methods and how those apply from this lifestyle that you're trying to design and then filters down into something as you know rudimentary as movement when we compare it to a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think exactly. that's super cool. And uh, now with that, with this lifestyle design, you're helping these folks, like you had mentioned at the very beginning of the podcast, with starting with the mission statement and then and then building from there. And you know, when you're doing this with folks, do you find that a lot of us are struggling, like we mentioned, to figure out what it is that we want, figure out that for what, or do you find that most people kind of have a handle on it? Everyone, everyone knows it inside. They simply don't know how to express it. And they behave in, in ways that are either revealing it or covering it up. My goal is to guide people to a place that allows you to practice, to move, to live in a way that's revealing that, core value or the purpose or the mission rather than cover it up it's going from chasing a goal to uh actually just uh, attracting a goal that's that is that's the difference so you're saying you're helping these people 
your folks, you're helping them be, I don't want to say behave, adopt the behaviors, utilize characteristics and attributes that they have to basically be the individual that would attract that kind of opportunity or that kind of need, whatever their need may be. Mm-hmm. Okay, very cool. Yeah, and it's not so much attract the need, but it's attract experience that allows them to perform in a way that meets, gets the need met. Got it. I'll give you an example. If you're a photographer, for example, and you have this dream or aspiration to have one of your pictures featured on the cover of a magazine, you don't go out and shoot pictures that could potentially be covers for a magazine. What you do is you go out and you shoot the pictures that you really love and that mean something to you. And you tell this story around that picture until eventually someone sees it and says, you know what? I want Derek's photography on the cover of my magazine. People seek you out. Right. They're buying into who you are. They're, they're buying into your story, into your beliefs, your characteristics, attributes. They're not buying the picture. Mm-hmm. Exactly. No, I think that, yeah, I think that's a perfect uh, analogy for it. Well, that's awesome. And now all that being said, you know, as we're getting towards the end of this thing, what are, if I asked you to give us three, three things, three tenets, constructs, whatever you want to call them, but three things that you wanted folks who are listening to this to take away in order to, like you would just mentioned, start living a lifestyle that attracts those experiences, what would they be? Yeah, I think the first thing, and as you were saying, I, I just had to close my eyes for a second to think about what is it, and it came to me pretty quick. The first thing we need to know is that if we choose, we win. What do I mean? It's having a focus, doing one thing really well will allow you to do everything else really well. And I think the mindset that currently exists and it's existed forever as part of the human condition, but more now than ever, because we're saturated with information, we have so much access to everything, is that there's this mindset that if we choose, we lose. Meaning that if we choose one thing, we're saying no to everything else. So we have to do a lot of things. And those who um, do a lot of things uh, end up uh, learning some things and, and becoming uh somewhat closer to uh, their their potential but they don't fully transcend so if you choose you win that's the first thing choose the thing that makes you feel something special and then pursue that all the way now i'm going to cut you off there before you go to number two yeah now with that i completely agree i think i think as humans we can only do one thing really 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 well and then maybe we can do a couple other things great, but not extremely well. Do you think it's important, especially as you're trying to, to determine what the passion is, to try a lot of different things and to navigate and figure out what, you know, what that is? Or do you think we just innately know or have an idea of what that passion is and we should dive deeper into that? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a complicated question, but uh, I can give you an example Leonardo da Vinci, 
people may think, oh yeah, he was an artist and he had this amazing technique and signature brushstroke and the way that he presented uh, art. But he was also a scientist and uh, he, he had, uh, he was also a philosopher. So he was excellent at many things, but the thing that made him famous for us today in the modern times is kind of like, oh yeah, most people would say he was an artist, but he was a scientist as well. And he was a philosopher as well. Got it. So I think it's, I think it's important to realize that when you choose one thing, the thing that you love and your strengths, when you start following them, eventually gets you to a point where you you interact with other crafts other uh styles and ways of doing things and you integrate that into your picture that peaks into one expression which for leonardo might might have been uh his art got it and it might have been this like specific brushstroke and there there are great stories about uh da vinci working with his students how you can see in these paintings where uh, where his student painted and where he painted because his brushstroke was such a signature um, part of uh, his expression. Very cool. Okay, I don't think I knew that. I took a uh, what was it, a Western Western art or some kind of art class in uh, my freshman year of college, and we looked at those kinds of things like you just described. But that's a completely other topic there. Uh, but anyway, so to get you back on track. Yeah. The second thing is once you've, you've chosen, now you just need to be consistent, show up on a daily basis. And here, when you show up, you'll realize that there are days that are great and days that suck. And that's why it's important to pursue quality, regardless of the amount or, uh, intensity of the effort. And quality, as I said earlier, is where when what you're doing feels right in your head and your heart and your gut, that it's you're fully engaged with it, even I if it's just that. for one minute. Yeah, I love that. That's what we preach to our clients all the time is we can give you all the tools in the world to help you be successful in whatever it may be, nutrition, fitness, life, etc. But if you're not consistent and you don't develop sustainable habits and behaviors, then none of it's going to pan out the way that you hope. Yeah, exactly. And then the fourth one, just to add to it is, uh, exercise PMA, positive mental attitude. That's, that's what it is. And someone who has been reminding me this, uh, of this lately has been, uh, my wife, Tanya, who, uh, as we're going through now, uh, being, uh, quarantined and, uh, sheltering in place, uh, waiting for this uh, storm to kind of pass, uh, and transitioning into a completely uh, new way of living because of the outbreak of the virus. Uh, more than ever, it's it's important to exercise an attitude that is optimistic, that sees the opportunity, that uh, that can elicit some some hope, uh, and 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 thus allow us to thrive. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. And I've once again, you know, we're very much on the same page here, but Ashley and I talk about that all the time is even if this whole outbreak of the virus hadn't occurred and we were just living our normal daily lives, there are in every scenario, in every circumstance, there are times where 
it's easy to fall into negativity and then negativity is so easy that you'll just go as far down that rabbit hole as possible and it can quickly spiral out of control versus making the difficult decision at times it can be difficult to stay positive to be optimistic even in scenarios where it doesn't necessarily look like there is a silver lining within it and you Mm -hmm. know that's a choice we you have to choose to be optimistic because there'll be times where it's not going to come naturally Mm -hmm. exactly exactly and that's why your practice has to hold all these values values and principles because otherwise um when the time comes you you won't have the tools to see and to to be that yeah completely agree well carl i'll give you the last word is there anything else that you want to touch on in regards to any of the topics that we talked about here today All I can say is I think now more than ever, it's important to uh, listen to our heart and to spend some time there with what we're feeling and really asking ourselves, what is it that we need right now? And to act on that and to, to be honest about it. And if we, if we can do that, I believe we'll, we'll be able to, as they say on the plane, put your mask on first so you can help others. Awesome. No better way to cap it off than that. Well, Carl, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, I hope you guys are all safe out there, that you guys are doing well, and hopefully we'll talk again soon. For sure. Thank you for having me. It's been such a pleasure. (laughs) Of course. It's always good conversation. All right, Carl, we'll catch you next time. And again, uh, stay safe out there. Sounds good. You too. Take care.